Hello and welcome to episode 126 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we are source for drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. That's right. Just a couple of regular dudes drinking some irregular beers and talking about Magic the Gathering. In particular, their online client, MTG Arena. And we have a new set that is coming out in September. So we're finally going to talk about some cards that have been getting spoiled over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's quite exciting. New spoilers for us, because there's been a lot of spoilers for like Commander Masters and a bunch of other sets, but finally we're getting a new standard set. And so we are actually pumped for this. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a long time. So. Yes. So finally, there our summer of like this weird stagnant standard is going to be over and we're going to get something, something fresh, something new. Uh, but first, each episode, we both bring a beer. We drink Jeff's and drink mine, rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what is on tap? All right. We are closing out our Sada City tap takeover. And I don't want to say we saved the best for last, but we <laughs> certainly saved some interesting stuff for last. So uh, fans of the show will know that we love ambers here. Um, so we have saved an amber for the final mm -hmm. episode. This is Lo Siento. And uh, it is a Mexican amber lager. Mm -hmm. Zag was pointing out just before we started, it is made with Mittelfra and Hersbrucker hops, neither of which I've ever heard of, so I don't know what to make of this, um, but it has our famous Sasquatch friend, bing, bing, bing. previous cans, uh, operating some sort of food truck. Uh, yeah, not, well, it's a, it's a mushroom food truck, as well as uh, that, of course. That, that Sasquatch Papaganoo is holding a can of Time is the Distance, which is another right, beer that they just make. like he was uh, on the Papa Ganoo can. So, very, uh, very cool. Jeff, let's uh, crack these and see what's up. Oh, but with that, Jeff, we have some magic news. So, mm -hmm. the Arena Open is this weekend, August 26th and 27th. The format is Arena Cube. Uh, so Jeff, is this the first time we've had an arena cube open? I can't, remember. I want to say yes, but I, I can't remember. 100%. I, I think so. Um, which is really cool. So yeah, that's awesome. I know there are a lot of people who love cubes, so mm -hmm. getting to there. play high stakes cube, like this might be the first official time that that's happened ever yeah really. like the first time you could play cube to qualify for the pt right. or something that's pretty sick um win thousands of dollars playing the arena cube pretty cool so anyway that's happening this weekend go check it out also currently uh until september 4th there is a an event it's historic no ban list um so this <laughs> event is all access and it has no entry fee um and basically you can just play any card that's on arena so you're lightning bolts you're playing okos you're playing uh channel is the big one um doing Ooh. some busted busted stuff brainstorms all of that jazz um 
I mean, uh, is this going to be more of a dumpster fire than historic already is, or just a different dumpster fire? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a different dumpster fire. And I did see a tweet by um, Saffron Olive saying that, like, even though this event is really fun, um, they should have kept channel banned because it's ruining everything. Like, it it dominates every match. Um, and how channel like... is a ridiculous card. Yeah. Like, Playing Emrakul like way before you're supposed to do it at all. It's it's just, you know, whatever. Is that turn two right. Emrakuls and stuff? Like it's Is that what we're doing? Emrakul, not Ulamog? I guess Ulamog I doesn't both. have anything to target anymore. Yeah. So it's just it's like so early that it can't even exile two land. It only gets yeah, one. One like it does it sucks. <laughs> um anyway, so uh I, I've seen some screenshots and they look uh, uh rough. So um, but it seems like a fun time. Go find a deck list online. Uh, events free. You the, the thing is, you don't really get good payouts because it's a free event. So there's like a thousand XP up for grabs. But like free event, weird format. This is the kind of stuff they should do for weird formats. I think where like it's free and you don't have to spend any wild cards. Good yeah. job. So yeah, I wonder if they're testing the waters of like, what if we just unban everything and let historic do it something i would like them to do that because who fucking just cares revisit the ban list because historic has a weird history of it was supposed to be not competitive then it mm -hmm. was supposed to be competitive and then it wasn't supposed to be competitive like so the eras are coming or the bands are coming from different eras mm -hmm. that may not align with its current exactly levels. also like we have talked about how um cons of tarkir is coming before the end of the year um, and as far as I know, like we were talking about this last or two weeks ago, but, um, we were thinking the fetch lands would not be part of it, but everyone I've been seeing online is talking as if it is going to happen because they said the mm -hmm. full set of Tarkir. So they're just expecting fetch lands to be in historic by the end of the year, which, okay. If this is, if that's the power level they're going to go to, then sure. Unban a bunch of shit, make it crazy. Yeah. If there's a place for fetch lands, it's in digital only formats i guess exactly so that makes the most sense uh also everyone's going to craft all of them immediately so that's good for business even i, I might i'll yeah. never play historic but i just want to have them exactly um if they come in old border oh Ooh. we get the onslaught just, ones just the onslaught yeah. ones oh. uh anyway um also during all of september uh, while you play at your local game store, that is a WPN, the Wizards Play Network, um, you get 1,000 uh, experience points for each time you go, up to four times. So you can get 4,000 experience for going to play uh, Paper Magic at your local game store, which includes your pre-release, which is usually the only time I actually get to get out there, have some time to do it. Um, but hey, go build up your experience for the new set. Kind of cool. Yeah, not to rehash last time too much. It's mm -hmm. it's awesome that they're finally getting these connected. It's ridiculous that it took this long, and this is all we have. But hey, this is what we got yeah. connecting paper magic and online magic for the first time. Big, big win. Yeah, and this is the kind of thing where if this is something you like and want more of, you please go and do this. Uh, yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna look at these numbers and decide whether they want to keep it up or not. So, yeah, exactly. go out, play some paper magic. Uh, but also, 
Wilds of Eldraine releases on Arena on September 5th, which is, of course, after the paper pre-release events uh, the weekend before, September 1st to the 7th, uh, and then officially releases for paper products on the 8th, um, which is, you know, the best way to do this. I'd, I just like to say this every time. This is the way. Paper pre-release, then Arena, and go on from there. The, the, the years where we had arena first and then the pre-release was always weird and funky. And... It's weird. You had like sharks at the pre-releases who had, mm -hmm. who had played, you know, dozens of times already. Mm -hmm. Like me. Ins and outs were trying to scam the free pack or whatever. Yeah. And you're like teaching everyone how all the cards work because you've already played with them a bunch of times. Um, yeah. Just didn't look good it's for just a pre-release. It was odd. It, this is so much better. Even though technically we get the cards a week late, it's just better for the game. So, great job. Oh, all right, Jeff. I remember the good old days before the internet. Re like the internet was always a thing in yeah. my life. Just just so people know. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> like you would go to a pre-release, and some people would know all the cards because they looked it up. But it it wasn't so pervasive in the culture. Mm -hmm. Most people didn't know anything about what was in the packs that they were going to open, other than like this set is an artifact themed set it has these things like you might know the mechanics and like the themes but mostly you were opening a pack be like whoa what is this whoa what is that and i know we just like cannot get back to that time but that mm -hmm. was a lot yeah i was also it's... a kid so it seemed cooler than it was probably then. yeah it's a lot harder and like you just get really excited because you're like oh will this fit into the deck that i have oh but maybe it'll it doesn't fit into that deck but maybe you'll build a deck around it that kind of thing is kind of gone away a little bit. I, some people still play Commander that way, but for the most part, if you have social media and follow any Magic account, that's almost immediately gone. So right. um, all of our listeners are way past that and probably have, I'm sure you all have like uh, memories, fond memories of when Magic and opening booster packs still felt like Magic. But anyway back to, uh, to to spoilers so we are going to be talking about uh, new cards from the set which we haven't done a lot of which is uh perfect because we we're saving it for this moment um but before we get right into cards though we can still talk about cards with this jeff i did want to talk about the new mechanics that we are getting for wilds of eldraine or maybe we should start with just an overarching we're going back to eldraine <laughs> type of thing yeah uh wilds of eldraine is a set that it is uh, in Eldraine. Mm -hmm. There okay. you go. <laughs> that was perfect, uh, yeah. Jeff. I, I, I like that a lot. That was I great. Uh, I, I worked on that for a long time. I was crafting the mm -hmm. words. Just wanted to get it just right. It was, it's uh, pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, so, of course, we're going back to Eldraine. Uh, we are getting adventures again. Uh, we have sagas, things like that. Things that, like, getting adventures again is exciting um and we but it's kind of like we knew this was going to happen um yeah. so not super exciting to really talk about but we do have food tokens also back sorry one more time food tokens oh, also food. returning mechanic right F food tokens <laughs> food tokens are so funny because they feel like they're just almost evergreen now because there's so many supplemental sets that have used food tokens that i just like, yeah. don't even don't even remember um, which is because it's a 
great mechanic by the mm-hmm. way like food tokens are awesome i know yeah. they went a little overboard last time when they they were just introducing them I didn't know there were a couple of cards that were maybe problems but uh, <laughs> uh the mechanic itself is awesome and they've yeah. proven that a few times in the supplemental products yeah uh so that's quite nice but um we do have three really interesting new mechanics i love um, them all. i love yeah. them all I think this is the first time I've looked at like three totally brand new mechanics and been like, these are all great. Mm-hmm. In addition to the returning mechanics that we knew are great. Like this is five super solid. I don't think I've ever looked at the set and been like, all five mechanics are really cool. Bangers. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely agree with that because um, the first one has the, to me, dumbest name, but... That's the only bad thing about it. Um, and like, there's no no question it's the dumbest name. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, this is a, um, it's an ability word. It's called celebration. And it is the type of thing that's on a bunch of like spells and permanents and things. But basically it is an ability that cares if two or more non-land permanents entered the battlefield under your control during the turn. Um, but the thing about this is great is that like it's it's primarily I think in like white and red there's a lot of white and red cards that have this um so a lot of times you would expect this to be like oh if two creatures enter the battlefield or things like that but no this will fit in way more decks because it's just non-land permanence like blood tithe harvester it triggers this you know things like that right. where you're just like any card that comes into play and then brings another card with it whether it be a token or a creature or whatever, um, which make it just makes it so much more interesting and just so much better, um, which makes me like it because I first read it as creature and immediately thought this was the worst mechanic ever. <laughs> I had literally the exact, I was going to say the exact mm-hmm. same thing. When I first read this, I read it as creatures because it's in red and white. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, whatever. Another one of these kind of like, have a lot of creature mechanics for the Boros deck that just makes them run face first into a board wipe. Um, but the fact that it's non-land permanent makes it so much more interesting because every deck can play it. All this incentivizes you to do is commit to the board, which is mm-hmm. a good thing in Magic to yeah. incentivize people to play cards to play cards cardboard down mm-hmm. and let's get some stuff on the board because that's where magic really shines i know some people love drago control mm-hmm. and and that's fine i don't want to take anything away from that but where i think magic really shines as a game is when there's stuff on the board and stuff everything's interacting with each other and you got to figure out what to attack with what not to attack with what to tap what to when to do it um mm-hmm. that's when things are truly awesome and uh yeah, I think that it's that simple change. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder if this was Creatures at some point in its development. And then someone was like, no, we should change this to non-land permanence. And then it was just like, they all had a celebration about that. <laughs> uh, about that idea. And that's where the name came from. But uh, yeah, no, this seems like a super fun mechanic because it can be used in the obvious way of let's deploy a lot of creatures, get some buffs and like attack. But there can also be, just like you said, there's a lot of stuff in this set that makes a 1-1 one, one and a food token, or it makes two 1-1s, one, or it may, like, there's just so many ways to trigger two food tokens. There's so many ways to trigger this. 
mm-hmm. and uh, it can be used by everything up and down the chain from aggro to control. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I think that's really, really sweet. Um, I do want to say the name is definitely because um, the March of the Machine is over and they're celebrating that the Phyrexians are gone. Um, that is actually exactly why it's called that. But uh, <laughs> I do like the, the in-game design idea, <laughs> the celebration. Yeah, no, that's what they tell you. <laughs> yeah, okay, for sure, that. for sure, for sure, for <laughs> sure. Um, but no, I think this also is... it's just a simple mechanic. Just wanted yes. to say that too. Like anything that's really simple but mm-hmm. powerful and pervasive like this, like this is one of those things that's going to be. Um, it's not something you can just assume. Your card will always have celebration, right? Like mm-hmm. you need to do something to turn it on, but uh, it's not that hard if you build your deck right to turn it so it's like it's just that really cool back and forth mechanics like this tend to have yeah um and also seeing which cards like we were saying before that can um where you only have to double spell to get it to go off instead of triple spell um just right anything that brings anything else uh any wedding announcements i know that's in standard but um things like that i guess that would have to be at instant speed but um I think it's just uh it's great. I'm I'm happy with it and it's gonna be awesome. Um Jeff, can you tell us about the next one? Because I know this is yeah. the one that you're probably the most excited about. Super excited about this, and I'm pretty sure the next one is the one you're most excited about. So let's <laughs> let's do it in this order. Um bargain. Bargain, another really simple mechanic, but in a way, I think of it as like, it's another kicker, right? But it's sort of reverse kicker. So mm-hmm. bargain is an ability that allows you, when you cast the spell, to sacrifice an artifact, enchantment, or token as an additional cost. If you do that, you get a kicker. The cool thing here is that you are not you can't sacrifice a non-token creature. Mm-hmm. It's artifact, enchantment, or token, so you can sacrifice a creature token. Um, but basically, it lets you kick your spell by sacrificing something, um, but it doesn't let you sacrifice the most common game piece, which mm-hmm. is a non-creature token, or non-token creature. And uh, why I think that's so interesting is that generally sacrifice effects let you sacrifice creatures and then maybe other stuff as like a uh, let's throw in or artifact in there or let's throw in like or enchantment based on the themes of the set this one's like no you you're not allowed to sacrifice a creature that we know you want to sacrifice mm-hmm. like it either has to be a creature token that you've put some work into to generate or it's going to be something else um so just if this is going to play so differently from most sacrifice mechanics that they've made in the past but it is still a sacrifice mechanic. And most importantly, plays great with Anvil. So mm-hmm. <laughs> who doesn't love it? Uh, yeah. It's true. There is actually a card that I'm wondering if you're going to put it in your Anvil deck. Um, you know, probably not because it's too expensive and dumb, but it seems cool and strong. It hasn't stopped me before. It hasn't stopped you before. <laughs> uh, combo potential, combo potential. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it's it's awesome and really changes a lot of your your normal 
Um, there are certain like one drop creatures that you're just always wanting to sacrifice or want to die and different, different things. And this just completely exactly. cuts all of them out of your deck, which is awesome. Um, it really changes all the all the cards that you actually play throughout the whole deck. Um, yeah, very nice. All right. This is the one I'm stoked for. And I think this is so weird and exciting <laughs> and different, but I'm surprised it's taken us this long to actually get to this point. And I don't this know. Is, this is the highlight of the set, I think. This is the one. So I definitely tried to make it so I could say this one. <laughs> you but, should be the one saying this yeah. one. But uh, we are getting this new thing called roll tokens. So rolls are different attributes that you give to creatures. And the actual token is an enchantment aura token that you put on a creature. There are six different ones. Uh, it's technically seven, but one of them is only for commanders, um, commander player cards. But um, uh, there are six tokens. So you can make a creature cursed, a monster, royal, a sorcerer, wicked, or a young hero. Um, and all of them are fairly similar, which I think is really, really good and very strong for this because six things is a lot to think about um, when you're putting rolls on stuff. Luckily, almost all the cards put a specific roll on specific stuff. So it's not just like add a roll token to a creature. It's like, no, you're going to curse one of your opponent's creatures. And what that does is if you curse a creature, uh, you make an enchantment or a token that says enchanted creature has base power and toughness 1-1. One, one. So you just make them little 1-1s. One, as well as uh, monster makes the gets them plus one plus one and trample almost all the other cards give plus one plus one which is really cool and it's really simple and easy but uh i think this is great as well as each creature can only have one roll from each player so if your creature is a monster for example that you give it plus one plus one and trample and then later you put a like sorcerer uh, roll onto it which gives it plus one plus one and when it attacks you scry one it will no longer be a monster and it will become a sorcerer instead um very nice however if your opponent makes curses one of your creatures so it's a one one and then you make it a monster which gives it plus one plus one and trample it will have both because there's one from each player so important note for all you well it'll be really important for the whole set, but as well as when you get into commander and stuff, they could have four different things. Crazy. Um, but this is so exciting. We haven't had like enchantment aura tokens, really. You rarely get like enchantment tokens, but even enchantment aura tokens, this is pretty cool. Yeah. So this is them doing uh, uh, like fully committing and doing aura tokens. And like, I, I got to play with these things first, but my initial read on this is they got it bang on. Mm -hmm. This is how you do it. There's enough of them that it feels like, or because if it was just like, oh, it's an aura that gives them plus one, plus one, it's like, sure. It's but lame. that doesn't really catch what auras do. They're mm -hmm. different. They give the one that I want. Um, like you said, there's so there's enough of them, but they're similar enough that it, it's not ridiculously complicated 
Um, but the, the key is what you said, that you don't have to. Because mm -hmm. if you had to like stack these things and probably remember what order they were put on and like, yeah, it would be such a nightmare. Yeah. And so that's whoever came up with that of like, how about we just say you can only have one? Mm -hmm. And like the way we do that is we codify them with a keyword. And um, if you're a sorcerer, you're not also wicked, I guess. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's a really good idea because i think that would have been lost on a lot of people who were like hey design an aura token because when you think of auras you think of them stacking up and that's part of the cool thing but that's not really what is great about auras so that's the part we can leave to the side because it mm -hmm. makes things too complicated i think they really hit the nail on the head with this one and to top it all off like it's so flavorful too it's they, so flavorful. i don't know if they've been sitting on this forever and just like now's the time to do it because it's a fairy tale set but either way like this is this is perfect mm -hmm. and i so this is them showing there's actually commander product years years ago like four or five years ago um that was an enchantment based deck and there was one card in it that was a, your commander. It was a planeswalker, and it could make um, mask tokens that you'd put on your creatures, and it would basically give it like um, uh, shoot totem armor. So you're basically just right. it's just an aura that gives stuff totem armor, and that's it. Um, but I love that. I mean, so they had that tool in their back pocket, but they're just waiting for the right time to like really unleash it. And this is awesome. Also because like it fits so perfectly into all the other mechanics that we're playing with. So like exactly yeah. if you want to play, if you have a creature that you're like, man, I really want to put a different role onto it, but I'm just going to lose the other one for no value. You can play a bargain card first, sacrifice that token slash enchantment, which it works for both, and then put a different or like um, role on it and attack with it. I just, it's, ah. It's so good. It's so nice. And all the cards that create these are usually permanents themselves, and so they mm -hmm. trigger celebration. Boom. And so, yeah, it's nice, mm -hmm. it, and it all ties together so well. Yeah. Um, and like the adventures, some of them create these and stuff. So, it's really, it it's just super cool. And there's one card that I think is really interesting about because obviously. Uh, like with the rolls, you just like have a creature when it enters the battlefield, it makes something royal or something like that, or yeah. um, all those types of things. But there is this one uncommon white card that's um, cursed quarter. I guess that's mm -hmm. how you said. Um, it's just like th uh, two and a white for a three three human noble with lifelink, and when it enters the battlefield, create a cursed roll token attached to it. So really, it's a three mana one one with lifelink that you give yourself. But if you can either give it another role to make that one fall off or sacrifice that role for bargain, then, and also it triggers celebration on its own. Right. Um, this card is super cool. Right? It's, it's so awesome. Yeah. Um, like, it, it's not, I don't think it's like strong, but I think it's it perfectly encapsulates how interesting um, you could build this set and it has a whole story to it. It's like this noble turning into a frog, um, which is very yeah. fairy tale classic. 
Um, right. It's, uh, I think they just, yeah, they great. did it. They just did it. <laughs> it's, and the funny thing is, like, in Limited, this is probably better if it doesn't have that text, right? A 3-3 lifelink for 3 is mm -hmm. better than this. In Constructed, a 3-3 lifelink for 3 is probably not playable mm -hmm. unless it has super specific types or like a, res a raison d'etre. Mm -hmm. This might actually be better in Constructed because if you're ever playing it, it's for the two-for-one card pieces of cardboard kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. um, you probably, like, this probably won't see play in Constructed, but you know, yeah. it's just interesting how Magic is such a game that this is much worse than a 3-3 lifelink for 3 in Limited, and probably quite a bit better in Constructed, but probably still not there. There. But, uh... Well, I, yeah, I just... It, it, I don't think it's going to be the card I think about the most from this set, but I just... I, I love that they found that piece, you know? Uh, yeah, to, yeah. It cool just design. Yeah, and and some of the best things about Magic is like the little mini games that they give you where their card has weird drawbacks. Not that this one's crazy, but and I, I love putting it up at uncommon as well because mm -hmm. not because it's too good to be a common. It's just you too just, weird to be. Yeah, a thing. you don't. You just don't want to see it all the time. Um, yeah, like and new players would be like, "Why do I want this?" It's like, you know, it's a good card that makes itself crappy on on when I play it. Yeah, weird. So, and they'll be thinking of the wrong things of like, how can I make it so that this doesn't trigger when it enters the battlefield? Um, be like, no, no, you just need to. It's it's the long game. That's what that card is. Yeah. You want to trigger celebration, obviously. Yeah, duh, for three mana. Yeah. Um. So, but anyway, I think there's a bunch of really sweet stuff in here, and uh, also some really powerful things. Uh, that will yeah. be. Very interesting to check out as we go through all of this. Um, but those are the new mechanics. Um, all of them, like Jeff said, bangers. Yeah. Home run, home run, but, slam dunks in the making. We'll have to see how they play, but. Hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for this because th these are some really cool mechanics that we have going on here, and the harmony between them. Yeah, mm -hmm. this could be a chef's kiss in terms of mechanics. Yeah, could be the first first one. I don't think we've really had a set that's been like, oh, this is all awesome. There's always yeah. one that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, yeah, I wish this wasn't here because that would be awesome. It's not even that you don't you wish it wasn't there. It's that you forget it was there. You're like, oh right, right. that had that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that never really panned out. Right. Um, which ultimately, you know, celebrations the closest one. Uh, if yeah, there isn't a card in standard that really does it, um, if we're taking bets. That's the one that that's the one <laughs> um, probably uh, might not make it. Yeah. Um, before we get into really exciting new cards or whatever, I did want to quickly look at a couple weird, not even weird, um, some uncommons that is just stood out to me as far as just like their rate and what they do um sure so there's a blue uncommon it's an enchantment aura of course because like that's that's what you do um but it's mm. called uh bitter chill so it's one in a blue for an enchant creature you know enchanted aura um and it's just it's just like a dehydration so it like 
enters the battlefield, attach to a creature, it taps that creature, that creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. Just those words for two mana is big because you never get just that for two mana. You always get something that's like either it doesn't untap or um, like it'll it'll put it on it, but you don't actually get to tap the creature when you play it for two mana. For three mana, it will tap the creature, but for two, you won't get that. Um, and so they're finally pushing this ability. And on top of that, it has upside where whenever bitter chill is put into a graveyard, you can pay one. If you do, you scry one and then draw a card, which is the other thing that happens with this card is that you put it on something, it, the creature gets sacrificed and then you just lose a card and they made value off of it. Um, so in this set specifically for limited stuff, this card I think is going to be a lot better because bargain does not let you sacrifice regular creatures. So you don't have an inherent sacrifice outlet that just gets rid of whatever creature that you bitter chilled. You can get your card back and it's super cheap and comes out so early. Uh, yeah. I, I like, this is the kind of stupid things that I like, and I was excited about this card because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, finally, this, this, this is a good call out. Like, it could be good. It could finally be good. It's been so, this card has been so bad in so many sets that like, we might have gotten a good one. Finally. Yeah. Yeah, this is Wizards acknowledging. So, like, you know, eons ago, this was what you got in blue removal. It was exactly what you said. It taps them. They don't untap. It costs three mana. And that was good. Those were always mm -hmm. top pick commons. Then that started to fade away. People picked them less and less. And now we're in a point where, like, that type of card is bad. Like, it's just a bad card. You shouldn't pick it. You I think even last deck, time really. we went to El Eldraine, like Charmed Sleep or whatever, it was a card mm. that people thought was better than it actually was. Um, this is them acknowledging, okay, those cards are terrible and we need to change something to make them what they once were in terms of limited removal for blue. And boy, is this pushed. Like this mm -hmm. is two mana for the effect and a huge upside because the big downside like you say if they could sacrifice it and that's part of why these cards have gotten worse as well not only is just cards gotten better but sacrifice is just become more mainstream there's just mm -hmm. always ways to sacrifice your creatures for benefit in every set now which didn't used to be the case and so the cards like this and pacifism just aren't good anymore Mm -hmm. I remember it took me a while to learn that because those were just like, oh, in white, you're looking for pacifism. In blue, you're looking for, you know, dehydration. That slowly had to like weed that out of my mind. And now I'm like, don't even look at those. They're terrible. Yeah. And so this is them saying, hey, we heard you. We agree. Let's give you something a little more palatable. Yeah. And they made I... it uncommon to... Mm -hmm you know, reflect the fact that they think they might have pushed this too much, but they're going to sort of wait and see. Yeah, I think I am happy for that. I think this card's going to be really good and limited, especially when you're playing <laughs> white-blue, which is all like tap your opponent's creatures and do stuff. Um, this card's an extremely good limited card. Yeah. Like, that that rider ability is massive. Scry one mm -hmm. and draw a card? For one? <laughs> 
Like if it just said draw a card, I'd be in. Yeah. I could describe. I could well. choose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm. I didn't think I was going to be happy about those types of things, but um, this one has me excited to play blue. So. Yeah. And was was there another uncommon that uh, you had your eye on? Well, um, besides the reprint of Glass Casket, which is just standard Classic. pops up yeah. Glass Caskets back, um, I was actually looking at White Removal, uh, <laughs> which is Stroke of Midnight, um, which is just better Beast Within, like or Generous Gift. These are cards played in Commander all the time. Um, I think this will be good in... Okay, sorry, let me just read the card. So, um, it's two and a white for an instant. Destroy target non-land permanent. Its controller creates a 1-1 one, one white human creature token. Um, Beast Within and Generous Gift both make three threes, and those are like solid things. Something that lets you destroy non-land permanence is like always something really strong because it kills Planeswalkers, it kills everything. Um, yeah, and the the little upside they get of the creature token is like not huge, but because this creature token's a one one that doesn't have evasion, like this is much more interesting. And I I don't know if this is really standard playable, but I wouldn't be like so. It wouldn't like su surprise me so much that a deck would want to side into these if you're playing against like the Planeswalker, Esper Planeswalker decks or all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just as some, like a, a mono white weapon against those types of things. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. The, the one thing I'll call out is that Beast Within is destroy target permanent. Mm. And that's generally where it's played in modern. It's sideboard against like Tron and stuff. But gotcha. uh, so it's sort of like assassin's trophy i guess mm -hmm. um but yeah this is as low a, like as low a drawback as we've seen on this in a long time mm -hmm. you know way back when this would just say destroy target online permanent one one black white uh, mm -hmm. we don't get that anymore um hell back back in the day it's one black white destroy target permanent mm -hmm. but <sighs> They don't do that anymore. So this is like them sort of moving back in the direction of, you know, just all encompassing removal. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think this is about as small a drawback as we've seen recently. Yeah. I also think we're like, is, I don't know, I've been talking about Commander a lot, but like there was a, a push from Commander players to make white a uh, stronger color for several mm -hmm. years. Uh, we are now since past that, and we've seen lots of cards since then be printed. Uh, I think this is also probably remnants of that, just being like, yeah, let's make white stronger. We've seen it over the last year or so, um, but or maybe even two years. But anyway, um, seeing things like this, uh, th this mostly looks like this is for Commander in my mind, um, as well as hopefully a standard playable thing. Um, yeah, it has but, an outside shot, I think, of appearing in sideboards for stuff. Does it, does it seem like... insane that this could just say permanent? I feel like you could just... Giving somebody a creature for a permanent sounds totally fine. <laughs> I think we no, should just... You can't. 
no <laughs> no this cannot say the, the word non-land is, is essential uh i just i'm okay with destroying people's imagine lives. a white weenie deck that's on the play and they just blow up your second land <laughs> after going like one drop two <laughs> drop blow up your second land <laughs> they give you a blocker that's good <laughs> yeah a chump blocker <laughs> yeah uh, and anyway. by the way, they're they're doing that for the rest of the game because you know their their hand was one drop, two drop, and four of these. So. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's what always happens. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I also want to you know it's probably unlikely, mm -hmm. but uh, hey, man, if you're about to win the game, your opponent's up one, they kill your last creature, you can respond. You know, target mm -hmm. your own creature get a 1-1, one, one, fizzle their spell, and win. So. That's true. That is true. I'm sure that's going to come uh, up all the time. Who knows? Stroke I mean, like, not even just that, but Stroke of Midnight also hits food on your side of the table, turn a food into a creature. Uh, yeah. All that stuff. You, nobody sees that coming. You don't yeah. <laughs> You don't see the food, <laughs> food attacking for one damage thing. <laughs> Actually, in this set, you might. But yeah, maybe actually, we'll get to that a little later. We will. Um, but anyway, just a couple limited slash like little uncommon things that popped up uh, just just to me. Um, Jeff, what are things that you're excited about for this set? So I think one thing that uh, you know maybe we just maybe we just start at the top here and we talk mm -hmm. about the planeswalker. Okay. Of this set. Uh, so this was spoiled a little while ago, so we've all had a bit of time to digest it. But now we have some context surrounding the set. Um, so this is Ashiok, Wicked Manipulator. It's three black black for Ashiok Planeswalker. It's five loyalty. It has a passive. If you will pay life while your library has at least that many cards in it, Excel that many cards from the top of your library instead. Um, so if you're going to pay life for an effect, you get to exile from the top of your library instead. Um, but it doesn't force you to do that if you don't have that many cards. Plus one, look at the top two cards of your library. Exile one of them, put the other into your hand. Minus two, create two one one Black Nightmare creature tokens with at the beginning of combat on your turn. If a card was put into exile this turn, put a plus one plus one counter on it. And then minus seven, target player exiles the top X cards of the library where X is the total mana value of cards you own in exile. Okay, so exile-themed Planeswalker. Super, super weird, um, but definitely powerful and interesting. What were your thoughts when you read this card? Um, my thoughts were, that's a lot of words. And I was going to say, when you read this card all the way through, like a few times to really, really process uh, all the interactions, uh, where, where'd you come out? Um, honestly, the beginning of it was just giving me like, um, I want to mill my, my own deck vibes mm -hmm. immediately was like, what blue black deck can I play with Jace wielder of mysteries? Is that that's his? Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, just pay a bunch of life with something or something that I can like some creature, some stupid creature that says pay two life, give it something. Right. And I just do no that other... many times. Yeah. Um, okay. just to like, uh, deck myself. But 
the rest of it, I, I'm really interested in like this kind of exiling cards that you're uh, like, if this has some space in like a, a red deck, a red black deck where you're exiling cards that you're going to play later, later or different things like that, eventually to get to this minus seven, um, because that's obviously the most exciting part about this card is just doming somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like total mana value of cards that's in so exile. Much. Like, damn, that's pretty easy to make happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I, th I think you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head that the passive is the reason anyone would play this card in reality. Like mm -hmm. some sort of weird combo um with chase like one of these pay x life draw x cards things where it's like okay not really paying x life uh, so now i can set x to 50 where the card sort of assumed i wouldn't be able to do that mm -hmm. um like one of those but you but you couldn't do it to 50 though because you're unless your deck is huge or whatever like 35 yeah, yeah. like you know a lot of cards are designed assuming you're not going to be able to pay that much life that's true. And yeah, it's like now I can pay up to forty life or forty five mm -hmm. life. Um, that's how this card's probably actually going to get used. I think it's cool design, where it's a new take on your sort of standard plus one draw card, minus two five minute planeswalker plus one draws a card, minus two mm -hmm. creates a token, and ultimate wins the game. Uh, it's slightly more interesting, but still kind of follows that template, mm -hmm. and so. Uh, I like I like that. Bring back that template, but let's make it themed because that's what they've been doing recently. It's like Planeswalkers kind of have a theme or whatever. Um, this one has the exile theme. I'm not super pumped to go out and play this, and there's not no. a ton of other exiles going on to support it necessarily. Like there's stuff here and there, um, but I think this is probably a really good design for the first set. Uh, that has yeah. only one planeswalker. Yeah, I I definitely agree that like coming back to this type of design of planeswalker, especially because it feels so iconic, and mm -hmm. uh, especially because we're only going to have one per set. We don't have to get like f really that like. Obviously, this is niche, but we don't have to get so niche into some of the planeswalkers we had that were just like because they were trying to be like oh this is only good for this one specific thing and ended up just not doing anything um which obviously this could easily not do anything either but it does have like a a single spot in a combo deck i feel like that's <laughs> where it goes um some yeah. deck that wants to just like find this card and, and do something weird with it i don't even know um and I don't think it's so ridiculous for this to just show up as the top end in a black mid-range deck in standard, right? Where it's yeah. like the minus two creates two creatures. That's not bad. And then you can pace some life and have them like they grow every turn. Yeah. Probably like this could come down in minus two twice and then you're paying some, some life and suddenly you have four one ones that are growing every single turn. That's true. Like this, but this, that comes down you minus two a couple times and your tenacious underdogs really help this out because you don't have like you right. exile the top of your deck instead of having to pay life 
which tends to be what happens with that card is you can't ever you eventually get to the point you can't play it anymore um, right which these mono so it's not like unreasonable no i just think black mid-range decks have an better enough things. better stuff yeah. probably and uh will forever because standard is three years long now so yeah um, and those decks are already playing shielded so they don't care about paying life um yeah <laughs> there's a better way to negate your life so, loss yeah this is actually a way for them to just lose the game um, right because then they're just <laughs> oh gonna, shit oh shit whoops i can't pay life like that anymore um yeah so i'm happy that it's here but i don't uh i think it's it's fine which it's is a good exactly... way to set the stage for the one yeah. planeswalker because set. like hey this is what it's gonna look like from now on I'm like hell yeah that's how i feel uh that's what i want i want it to be like oh yeah and there's a planeswalker and it's kind of cool but it's not the best thing and you're not like yeah really you're not like opening packs being like, oh i didn't open the planeswalker you know not that i've really felt that way but people feel that way yeah. and this is what we can expect you know until the, the one planeswalker in the set is to ferry and then disaster but... <laughs> I mean, the last one we had wasn't that good, so yeah, that's true. The last couple have been mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. We're out of that that horrible world. But um, Jeff, quickly before we go to a beer break, I think we need a little bit of whimsy, uh, uh -huh. and also the big discourse that's been going on. I'm going to bring some more uncommons to you. Um, okay, but the big I was not aware of this discourse. All right, well, the big discourse of today is, of course, about power creep and, of course, about a cheeky house mouse. So cheeky house mouse is a white adventure creature that costs a single white and it's a two one. So on its face, without the adventure, it's a savannah lion. Mm -hmm. So in <laughs> 30 years, uh, lions are now just as strong as house mice. Not even like feral yeah. mice, but just house yeah. mice. You know, this is just, he's just a cheeky little house mouse. Um, and he has a uh, an adventure that's a sorcery that's called Squeak By. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> that costs a single white and says target creature you control gets plus one plus one until end of turn. It can't be blocked by creatures with power three or greater this turn. Um, so it still can get blocked by a Savannah Lion, but... Um, Anyway, I, 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 it's more so this the the talk about how push like oh a, a, this mouse is a two one and I just just sometimes when you step back and think about it like wow you have like one one citizen tokens you know your goat is an o one but this mouse is a two one it's just yeah <laughs> this mouse can kill a tenacious underdog which is a boxer you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like the classic joke of like, uh, you know, Emmer Cool being there, like, mm -hmm. no one can match my power, and it's like oh, 15 squirrels. I did not expect such <laughs> no, <resistance. laughs> yeah, but uh, you need like <laughs> a little more than half as many house mice, <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh it's just uh it's also great because this card like 
is totally going to see play in mono white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you'll take a Savannah Lion anywhere you can get. Um, especially when yeah. it can squeak by. <laughs> I like the design of this card. <laughs> it's super cool. Um, Why are we holding on to Savannah Lions? That card's ancient. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Uh, and this isn't the first time people have joked about Savannah Lions and other cards that are better yeah. than that. It's just funny that specifically it's like such a small animal. I wonder if they did it on purpose, right? Because like cats hunt mice. Just like, hey, oh, totally. Make a savanna lion. Mm -hmm. Just make it a mouse. It's just, it's just a mouse with like a ring in its mouth. Um, But yeah, I I anticipate to play a lot of squeaky house mouse in mono mono white weenie because Uh, like cheeky house mouse with squeak bias the adventure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. squeaky house mouse cheeky house mouse i'm sorry gosh that's so embarrassing um anyway uh i'm glad that you're you're holding me to it um yeah should we start from the top or yeah yeah let's just like start the whole episode over again um (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah this this little guy he's a cutie um and also very this just looks like a classic eldraine card because the adventure is the same color as the creature so yeah, uh, I'm not even sure this is a good limited card. <laughs> no, it's bad and limited. Yeah. Um, this is good and constructed <laughs> when you have four of them and you play one hundred and one every turn. Is good the right word? Or... Yeah, totally. <laughs> good. A card you can play. Let's settle on. Let's meet in the middle. It, it's it's good on turn one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then also can squeak by later in the game. Perfect. Look at that. You can attack okay. into a shieldred. And that could be any creature. That doesn't have to be a little creature. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm just saying. It does It does more than some of the other ones we've seen. Whatever. I. You don't play mono white, so you don't know what we have. You don't <laughs> I'm going to lose this card so often and yeah. never admit that it's good. Yeah. It's cheeky. That's, that's the future I see within this card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's squeaky and cheeky. Yeah yeah anyway squeaky and or cheeky yes both of those things anyway jeff uh i think it's time for a beer break uh (laughs) so we can talk about some um, more exciting cards probably as most of mine seem to be uh fairly underwhelming but we'll 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 see where we go we'll see where we go Uh, yeah i liked it (laughs) anyway um so we're gonna go on a beer break grab some more beer and uh be back with some more cards get right back This beer break is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon. That's right. You're already supporting the show just by being a listener. But if you want to support the show even more, the Patreon is the best way to do that. Plus, you get to vote on which co-host you'd go on an adventure with by clicking the Buy Jeff a Beer button. Or clicking the Buy Zach a Beer button. So go to patreon.com slash arena regulars to go on an adventure with a host. Or if you'd rather go on uh, Discord adventures, well, that's an option as well. You can join our Discord channel. The link should be in the show notes. That's right. And it's free. Honestly, we just want to talk to you. But your money would also be nice. Uh, anyway, Jeff, I have a beer for us this evening. Oh, boy. It's the last beer. I've been dreading this one. It's the last beer of our Sada City tap takeover. And I am also dreading this. I thought I wanted to pick this first originally and get it over with, but then I just, every week, I just didn't want to try it. 
<laughs> so here we are. Um, this has nothing to do with sawdust. It's just the first word in this beer has always been a big red flag for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is, it is a maple butter tart ale. So any beer I've ever had with maple in it has been horrendous. Um, I don't have high hopes for this one. I, I just, I, I, I just saw it. We had to get it. Like we have yeah. to try this. Um, but I'm, yeah. I, this is the first, say so. this is the first beer on the show where I'm actually like afraid <laughs> to open it. Um, yeah. Anyway. So I would echo that thought. I've never had mm -hmm. a beer with maple that I really liked. Um, but beyond that, I don't even like butter tarts. You don't like butter tarts? Do not like That's butter like tarts. That's like such a Canadian faux pas. I can't believe that. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So, I don't know what I'm going to... It's like, <laughs> do I want it to taste like what it says? No. no. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's so funny. Anyway, um, it's 5%. Jeff, let's just... Let's, Let's just rip it. rip the band-aid off. All right. Oh god, it smells oh, man, exactly. It sorry. smells like I, I have thought no it nails. was going to smell. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh man. Um anyway, this is this is a maple beer. You know, Jeff and I have a couple things on our list of like the worst things to put in beer. Um, I think maple is one of them. For a long maple, time, yeah. banana was one of the things I didn't like, but I've had banana oh, yeah. beers that were okay. Um, Jeff, you had one. Was it like peppers or something? Yeah, um, I've tried so many spicy beers and they're never good. Mm -hmm. They always sound great to me because I love beer and I love chilies but it's never good together. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I think we should just try this together. Like, all right, have our, there we go. All right. Uh -huh. <laughs> cool. That's gotcha. uh, that's a beer. Oh boy. Anyway, okay. let's talk about magic. <laughs> All right, oh. let's get down. Oh, no. <laughs> now I have to talk about food. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, one card I wanted to talk about, if we're following the uh, random uncommon train, mm -hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about Ariette's Tempting Apple, because mm. this is a bit of a divergence from normal design, I would say. So this is a four mana legendary artifact food token. When it enters the battlefield, gain control of target creature until end of turn, untap it, and it gains haste. Whoa. So this is already like, hold on. This is colorless threaten or colorless. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the Active word? treason. It's active treason. Yeah. Uh, then it has two extra abilities while well, it's a food token, so it has the food ability, sack it to gain three life. You can also sack it to make an opponent lose three life and pay two. Um, 
So it's like the poison apple kind mm-hmm. of thing. First of all, I love the design of that, the food and the anti-food kind of mm-hmm. poison apple thing. But whoa, it's tempting and it it's actually a colorless act of treason. Okay, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I this is didn't expect this. I didn't expect this either. This was definitely not on my bingo card of like things I was expecting. And obviously it makes sense that like attempting apple would bring a creature from your opponent's side to your side. Like, obviously that makes sense. Um, But I just didn't think that that's what that card was going to do. This is awesome. I don't think I would ever see them make a colorless act of treason. That's just a red ability forever, right? I guess not. Guess not. Yeah, Yeah, love it. Love it. I like it doesn't even make me mad because like red and blue are the ones that get to steal stuff for like like creatures um blue also gets artifacts but like I don't know I don't think this is going to see a ton of play in other things besides limited and it'll just be like you it just changes combat math a lot (laughs) being like okay they can definitely have an apple because it's uncommon and I could it I just think a lot of games are gonna revolve around this card, which is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um because like first picking uh, an apple just seems like a really great way to start a draft. Right. So in terms of the aggro deck, like a lot of the problem with active treason is it doesn't get enough damage through. Mm-hmm. This is like active treason plus three. Yeah. Right? Like on its own. So I don't know. This this is pretty pushed. Um, the other thing about active treason is sometimes you're sitting there and you're like, "Well, I'm dead on the crackback or whatever." Mm-hmm. This can gain this... you three. <laughs> so it's a really cool card. I'm interested to see how good it is. I legitimately don't know, mm-hmm. and I'm even interested in in constructed just because it's an artifact that sacks itself and is an active treason. Like it's it's, it's bringing together everything that I want mm-hmm. right now. Um, so didn't expect to see this design, but I'm happy with it. That's cool. I'm, I'm also happy with it. Just sweet. Oh. Yeah. Now, speaking of sweet, we should talk about <laughs> Greta, Sweet Tooth Scourge. Uh, this is another uncommon, but it's one black green for a legendary human warrior. When the ATB create a food, you can pay a green and sack of food to put a plus one plus one counter on a creature. At sorcery speed, you can pay one in a black and sack of food to draw a card and lose one life. Great card. Mm-hmm. Uh, love this. Anything that like turns food into other stuff, I always think is cool because food is kind of costed at this is what a food token does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you can make a food token do something better, you're usually getting that ability at under cost. But what you're paying is you need like synergy sort of like Greta kind of will draw, will do the whole thing once on her own. But if you want Greta to really be great, you need to play them in a food deck. Yeah. Um, So I think this card probably misses the mark a little bit and constructed. It's just slightly Mm -hmm. too expensive, but this kind of thing is exactly what I love. Like, 
let's create this like food deck and has these synergies and we're sacking them to do stuff they're not normally supposed to do um, really cool card really cool and uh i just love the name sweet tooth scourge <laughs> <laughs> yeah um like these are awesome i know people are really excited with this my biggest thing so this is part of like the uncommon um uh, dual colored uh, cards that are in every set now that tell you uh, what each color pair is looking towards and working for um this is just one of the sets that has all of them be legendary creatures which um i have now grown more frustrated with and annoyed by <laughs> yeah um being like dang it uh mainly because the card that i wanted to be able to play a bunch of was obira dreaming duelist which is the demir fairy warrior that has flash it's a tooth with flying and it cares about um just as whenever another fairy enters the battlefield under your control each opponent loses one life i just want four of them and this i know the legendary creature thing isn't to stop this card from being too good uh it's to so you could possibly make it i don't know commander. if this wasn't legendary this could be pretty really, busted <laughs> it's a two mana two two you can kill it so easy you can cut it down you it'd be but they fine. stack so outrageously <laughs> yeah i mean that's why it's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah it might be a bit it might be a bit pushed if it wasn't legendary they'd make it a three drop at least yeah okay ah uh, i know but anyway no i i do like this cycle um as normally they're very nice but the one i like is the one that just seems like good and strong uh but definitely not i wouldn't consider it cool <laughs> it's definitely not yeah. uh, exciting in any way um but i have also been realizing i think that's all the cards that i'm looking at all the cards i think that are really interesting are like fairy cards that are all uncommons that are just strong yeah <laughs> and it just makes me want to play the fairy deck um see so i like, just i'm i'm all in on like some sort of jund food sacrifice thing i don't know exactly what it looks like to play anvil or not but that my brain's just like finding all those cards being like this yeah. is awesome that's that's great while i'm looking at cards like ego drain which is a single black for a sorcery it says target opponent reveals their hand you choose a non-land card from it that player discards that card if you don't control a fairy exile a card from your hand so this is just like fairy thought sees where you don't lose life <laughs> like, yeah i mean you have to control a fairy so you, it's true so they could kill not it like a turn like, one it's it's not a turn one thing unless you for whatever reason want to exile cards from your hand but um it feels like a bold play on turn one ashiok <laughs> <laughs> you're all in on the ashiok ultimate plan yeah. um but uh but no i i think that's the also the good thing about that card ego drain is teaching you how to play thoughtsies better mm -hmm. do you know what i mean Right. It's or like, like stop doing it on turn one so often. This card should this card is a good like on turn three with a two drop play. Um when your opponent committed to something, you could be like two drop fairy, one drop ego drain, and uh see what they got. Oh, this is gonna mess people up when you end step. 
the fairy you were just talking about and then i'm mm-hmm. like ooh, ego <sighs> drains She's like damn well my whole my whole hand sucks now yeah and you're like oh and there goes the shielded for turn four or by yeah. liliana for turn three or whatever um yeah. like in some formats you know the decks are so explosive you have to thought season turn one whatever it's but true when when that was in standard and stuff people would just do it all the time and i was always like you should wait for me to draw like, like what you just said mm-hmm. i'm about to play shieldred that's the card you actually care about maybe on turn three before i'm about to play it or turn four depending on who's on the play like check and make sure like that's the best use of it yeah so and this like you're saying it's really bad to play this on turn one it's really bad unless they come up with like uh the card that we haven't seen yet is like fairy ornithopter or something um, yeah <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> just a zero drop fairy that's a oh one ornifay <laughs> yeah ornifay doctor <clears throat> yeah um but in that vein there's a lot of really aggressively costed uh cards that care about fairies and so they're really pushing for this blue back fairies deck in standard we are already talking about how much we we spent the whole summer playing blue black uh in in a, yeah. some way or another <laughs> so um i i'll see how tired i am of blue black but i think like that plus all the other cards i really like that are blue black but get to add this good fairy synergy it's not quite yeah. rogues like it's it's close but there's a couple cards that are like feel rogue like um yeah obviously not exactly there uh, we don't have our counter spell slash uh, like uh, murder but we have that's a that's a bummer mm-hmm. but we have some good stuff so very, i don't know uh... why they don't give us our <laughs> counter spell slash murder and our uh draw four at instant speed for four I mean... yeah <laughs> well, why don't we have that anymore well i mean you know there's there's a couple other things not nearly as good but um <laughs> oh yeah i'm definitely psyched to play some uh some blue black uh tempo yeah some i mean i specifically want to play fairies jeff <laughs> not even oh yeah just, just fairy even though not enough of the fairies have flash i think every single time a new fairy is like uh released or like was spoiled everyone's like wow it's missing flash <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like that's exactly what i was thinking everyone's like uh pv mm-hmm. <laughs> tried to tell tell them his card should have flash and they were like yeah, are you exactly. kidding me <laughs> can't uh can't put flash on that <laughs> <laughs> though to be fair i think every single one of the like world championship winners has wanted to put flash on their card and they're like you can't yeah, stop just out flash is an outrageously good keyword like, no no then your card has to be significantly worse or more expensive right what would yeah. you prefer you can make your card terrible in order to mm-hmm. accommodate that and they're like, hmm. So now my card just ambushes something? No, I don't want that. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that's those are the things that are in my mind. I keep looking at these everything fairy. Fairy, fairy, fairy. Nice. Yeah, I'm all in on the food train. So when I got the email, was it today? About a, a new spoiler for a food-based enchantment. I hopped on board. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Food Fight. 
This is one in, <laughs> one in a red for an enchantment. It says artifacts you control have two sack deals damage equal uh, to any target equal to one plus the number of permanents named food fight you control. Um, again, like this ways to turn your like random artifacts you're just generating for free, so to speak, into tangible things tend to be pretty powerful. Now, yeah. the enchantment doesn't do anything on its own. It doesn't create a food. If it created a food, when an ETB like we'd be, we'd be having a whole other discussion right now about what the hell they were thinking. But it wisely does not do that. So um, this basically doesn't do anything when you play it. But turning all of your food tokens into shocks, the two mana shocks, that's pretty good in a food deck. Like I have my eye on this one. It might be just too expensive, but I could also see this just being like, you know, we go down a few months. People are like, what the hell is this card? Like food tokens are so easy to generate or like Mm -hmm. blood tokens are so easy to generate. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just, you know, lets my opponent just dome me for six and then pass and then dome me for four. It's like, Okay, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this was definitely a card that I I saw. I think I actually saw this one um, leaked. Um, so I saw like a really okay. like uh, rough version of it and definitely was just like, I'm going to wait until uh, like it seems cool, but I'm going to wait for someone to show me how cool it is because like, I see the potential, but yeah. I'm definitely in this spot. Uh- where I, I'm the I, one who's tr- who's gonna be trying. Like, okay. Ma- you... Okay. Imagine this though. Okay. Imagine this card comes out, and Fable of the Mirror Breaker were still oh, legal. Jeez. This would be ridiculous, right? Oh god, that would be awful. <laughs> so that shows you how good this card is, because if you play it with Fable of the Mirror Breaker, it's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> that that's how good this card is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> oh man um uh anyway um <laughs> i uh let's see jeff is this a good time to talk about the lands because i know we wanted to talk about them let's chat some lands yeah okay so we have so you got uh, your standard plains islands mountain forests yeah those uh, are uh those are all good the arts are uh great you should go check them out <laughs> yeah, pretty cool not my style but uh if you like them pick if them you, up if you like regular lands uh no obviously i'm talking about the the rare dual lands that uh, uh are creature lands uh and these ones are sweet. So we saw Reckless Fortress, which is the uh, white black land um, a while ago that was spoiled quite early on. Um, but the rest of these are pretty interesting and we're gonna see a lot of them. Um, yeah. But Jeff, should we start with the best one or the worst one? <laughs> hmm. Let's start with the, let's start with the best one. Okay, that's the easiest one to really pinpoint. The worst one's yeah. a lot harder to pinpoint. And that's what it was yeah. a trick question. Um, but do you <laughs> I, wanna... like, I think I have a choice of the worst one. Yeah, do you want to tell but us I... what uh, Restless Spire does? 
yeah so restless spire enters battlefield tapped you can tap it for a blue or red and you can pay a blue and a red to make it a two one elemental with uh, as long as it's your turn it has first strike it's still land and whenever it attacks scry one what the fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> as someone who doesn't tend to play blue red decks mm -hmm. this annoys me but uh i don't hate the design for a few reasons like i think the first strike on your turn is pretty important mm -hmm. having this just be incidentally like a super annoying blocker yeah i think would suck it's like it's not what it's intended to do so let's just not let it do that mm -hmm. um that was smart like i think in all there's a time in magic's history where it just would have had first strike and then that second clause is supposed to tell you this is an attacking card, not a blocking card. Mm -hmm. So I, I really appreciate whoever like went out of their way to say, no, no, it's, it only has first strike on your turn. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is like, if you haven't played with creature lands before, they can tend to look underwhelming sometimes, or I mean, it depends on your perspective, I guess. But the biggest thing about them is how much does it cost to activate them? Because this requires three lands, right? It's two to activate. You could, you can activate this by tapping itself for mana. That's generally Bad. advised against. You it's can't not usually do a good play. It, it does randomly come up. I have actually mm -hmm. done that before because I needed a creature. So I don't know. It's always a really weird corner case. Yeah. yeah. Um, but essentially, you need three lands to activate this. That's unusual. Creature lands generally cost a lot more than that these days. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think we both identified this one as the best one, just because hey, it costs two. And a 2 1 first striker is a very real creature. So mm -hmm. um, the other ones can be a little more. They can promise, like, illusions of grandeur. They can promise you greater things. So I'm going to be huge if you attack with me six turns in a row. Mm -hmm. Or, like, you know, I'm going to get you so many food tokens, but they're just so expensive that mm -hmm. it's a lot less realistic. So this one is the one where it's just like, yeah, this, it costs two mana, and it's a real creature. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, this this is sort of reminiscent of Treetop Village. That was just like... Obviously, Treetop Village is probably better than this, but like that was two mana for a three-three trample, and I think Wizards realized what the mistake oh, they made on that one. <laughs> yeah, um, but I do think this is this is sweet, especially with like there's a lot of like two-two samurais around and and stuff like that, and um, a lot of like three twos or like three ones and and things like that. So this will be able to. Attack I do appreciate the two one, well. so like yeah. it can get pinged. Mm -hmm. So there is some risk to activating this, which is nice. Um, but most of the time, this is going to, you're going to get behind the other players. Like you're going to get behind the blue red player. So you won't be able to hold up mana to ping this down or whatever. And then mm -hmm. they're going to be able to activate this without having to commit more. Yeah. And uh, probably attack through your stuff. Like you're mm -hmm. saying. Yeah, absolutely. And um yeah, being able to like, you know, turn five, attack with this and hold up counter magic or the removal, like 
that's going to be most of that game, I think. So could be, I mean, is going to be something. I think blue red gets, gets a big bump because they have this card. Um, yeah. We're going to see more spell stuff again. Um, I will say this is really the only creature land that has an actual, like, actually, no, sorry. The blue green one has trample, like just straight on it. Um, but I was going to say the other ones don't really have keywords. They just have like, right. all of these have um, abilities when they attack um, that do different things. But uh, I like that they feel a, a, a bit different than the the ones from um, that we had most recently. Um, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Mm -hmm. Because those were all monocolored and a couple of them had, I mean, for the most part, they all had keywords and that was a big part of it. And a few of them had like attack triggers, um, which were the ones that saw the most play. And this is seeing like, okay, all of them get attack triggers, but uh, their actual like body, we're not giving like the black ones menace or uh, the white ones flying or right. things like that. Sort of the opposite. They all have mm -hmm. attack triggers. Only a couple of them have keywords. Exactly. Um, and those keywords only matter for attacking. Um, right. So, so yeah, I definitely like these, but like we just said, the blue red one is definitely the best one. Um, though I still think like, we're going to obviously see all of these. Everyone's going to try playing them. Um, yeah. I don't mean to sound, you know, negative on the other ones because all of these will be played mm -hmm. like the blue red one might not even be the one that sees the most play whatever like deck ends up being the best mm -hmm. that's what's going to see the most play because this will just go in whatever plays it um but the blue red one is i think the one that's good enough to push a blue red deck into competitiveness whereas mm -hmm. the other ones will just sort of be there because the deck is good and there are upgrades over the lands we have now for those decks totally um i also think it's good to point i was just talking about how much uh time and like energy it seemed or aggressive costed cards they were putting into fairies um, which is blue black there's no blue black land which i think is very yeah. intentional um and i like that like obviously as the player that wants to play fairies i wish that i had a creature land that would went into it but i think it's really yeah, smart. my creeping tar pit but... mm -hmm. i think it's really smart that they did it this way so it's like hey we gave you great like good spells and things all the other decks are going to have these lands so it like there's a push and a pull of like ah if i do this i don't get this other thing that's really important and we'll see which ones comes out on top uh I think that's good. And, you know, honestly, Restless Cottage, the, the green black one might be the one that comes out on top because we need uh, the green cards uh, finally come into the light with uh, with this food. We'll have to see. Yeah. I think I was going to that might be the one of the worst ones. I, I think the green one, the green ones are in contention for the worst for, ones. They are. <laughs> But um, getting the the like 
attack exile uh, a card from a graveyard while also getting a food token. Um, I don't know. Uh, it obviously doesn't have menace, which is the good thing about the um, Hive of the Eye Tyrant. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I guess five mana four four no menace. Really, it's way worse than because he doesn't have. I know, I know, I know. But it has a word. It has words on it that that say high. But it's similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's reminiscent of it. Yes, but obviously, and this is someone who who like this should be my favorite one just based on mm -hmm. color pairs, right? So I'm just like maybe I'm looking at this being like I expected so much more. <laughs> Probably. Also, it is a cottage. Yeah. Which is more of a, well, I guess maybe a cottage is considered a land, um, but, um, but yeah, these are cool. You'll see a lot of them. I don't think we're gonna read. They're, them all, they're all good. They're all good. Yeah, like creature lands are just good because mm -hmm. you tend to run out of stuff to do, and this is something to do. Yeah. And you look at them right now being like, oh, they enter the battlefield tapped. That sucks. I hate tapped lands. Uh, I agree with you. I also hate tapped lands. However, how annoying would it be if your opponent could just play this and like activate it as a blocker immediately? And that's the yeah. reason why they t they come to play tapped. So, um, so the previous cycle was pretty good design too because that doesn't happen in the first two turns so. exactly but at least they were monocolored so you're not uh like oh that cycle was actually kind of frustrating to me because it did it was confusing when you're then playing with the slow lands and the fast lands yes and you're like oh these only there's the first two not the third and it's like uh forgetting that little piece was just like this is just tedious and dumb why isn't it yeah. just easier to remember? But anyway. Anyway, that's just another reminder that playing your lands in the right sequence is very important. And honestly, like one of the, <laughs> when you look at pro players and or they talk about those kinds of things, um, sequencing lands ends up being so much more important than you think. So oh, yeah, yeah it, it could e easily be the reason you lost when you play the wrong land on turn two. Like yes. everything comes back to that moment. So Yeah, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um all right, I have a totally different card. Okay. I want to talk about. Just because I think it's kind of cool. This is Godric Cloaked Reveler. This is one red red for a three-three haste with celebration. Mm-hmm. Its celebration effect is that it's a 4-4 flying dragon <laughs> that can fire breathe for all dragons. Um, that's pretty cool. So I think what's cool about having a card with haste and celebration like this is if you're able to create anything before mm -hmm. this, then when you play it, this is a 4-4 flying hasty dragon with fire breathing. Yeah. So this is encouraging a lot of, okay, I can play this on turn three as a three, three haster. Mm -hmm. That's totally fine, right? Like mm -hmm. it's probably not up to par with what mono red plays these days because mono red gets some nice card quality, <laughs> but it's close. Like mm -hmm. three, three haste for threes, you know? 
is totally reasonable. But just think about the end game on this. You can just like hold a, a one mana creature that are generally useless later on. You hold them and then you just wait till you have a bit more and you play this, the one mana creature plus Godric and then Firebreed. Like I could see this winning some games. That's just like, oh, I, I just get you for six in the air. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a card, man. This that's, is a card. That's definitely a card. Um, I think this is the first time I've actually heard of this card. I actually don't have it up on any of my uh any of the things I'm I'm looking at as far as spoilers go. So this is all news to me. Um and it does sound yeah. great, especially like modern red dragon stuff, because they're already doing dragon things currently. Um yeah. I mean, you know, slightly, but like that does again it, it is legendary right so mm-hmm. you can't do the whole stack them up thing. and you yeah, can't do like is... the godric into godric mm-hmm. double dragon smash yeah in this scenario uh, i'm actually like okay with that like if if, if, if it's uh if it's the card that i want obviously i want to have as many as possible yeah, like if yeah. i don't want it to have a downside <laughs> i'm gonna play the card yeah my totally. opponent's gonna play the card should totally have that downside otherwise mm-hmm. it's unfair yeah, and that it's just like just so rude. Um no, it's this seems awesome. And uh yeah. Good card. Mono red. Hey, I don't want to like push it and say that this is totally gonna be a thing, but like yeah, mono red uh <laughs> it can come back. I know we've been saying that for a few sets, but <laughs> Um, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, it's really, really it's close. Like Ten years when Mono Red comes yeah. back, like told you. <laughs> um, so I have a card. Uh, it's an adventure creature. It came to my attention today, and uh, I think it's a card that would probably go. It could easily go in your deck just because it's raw power level. Um, but it is a a green creature with a black adventure. And it is called Mosswood Dreadnought. Sorry, yeah. Mosswood Dread Knight. Um, it's one and a green for a 3-2 human knight. Uh, the adventure it goes on is Dread Whispers, which is one and a black for a sorcery adventure. Uh, it says you draw a card and you lose a life. And the actual knight has Trample. And when it dies, you may cast it from your graveyard as an adventure until the end of your next turn so yeah this is one of the interesting things they've been doing with some of these adventures there's a few other ones that do this as well but the typical adventure creature that we're used to is like uh one or two mana uh like spell for the adventure and then a three mana creature so that you can always play the spell and then always play the creature on curve and it fits really perfectly in your game plan this card does say like choose one or the other and then you can play the next one of the following turn however you it won't fit perfectly in your curve so you are losing a mana advantage but this card also lets you just go through a loop where it just doesn't really die it doesn't it goes to your graveyard but as long as you cast the adventure you exile it and then you get to play it again and you just keep coming back it keeps coming back and it keeps coming back in a way that 
it's so much more exciting than tenacious underdog which is our you know kind of mid-rangey two mana three two creature that comes back forever that draws cards and you lose life like this costs a similar amount it doesn't have like the haste that tenacious underdog has that helps it kill planeswalkers but i think i just like this better and it's like it fits so much better in your curve you don't have to like I mean, you've already said that you just are off Tenacious Underdog altogether. Um, but like being able to put it on an adventure on a turn and play a three drop feels good. Drawing cards for two instead of four. You, you just don't have to waste your whole turn to do it. It's still a three, two. I think it's, you just get to play forever. I don't know. This card seems yeah. really good and awesome. And I, I also love this card. Yeah. Um... It has trample instead of the the haste, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the big thing about this card over Tenacious Underdog is you don't have to. Like you could just play this for its adventure turn two, mm-hmm. or you can play it as the three two trample on turn two. Mm-hmm. That's going to do this whole thing. You know, Rig roll later, and you don't have to pay all four at once. Like the big mm-hmm. problem with with tenacious underdog is like late in the game a three two doesn't always get in it has to be a specific way the game goes for that to be a you know a player yeah a lot of the time i'm sitting there i have tenacious underdogs in my graveyard but it's like what am i gonna spend my whole turn to bring this back i'm just gonna block Mm -hmm. it like yeah just i'm gonna lose two life and then draw a card that's i can't get until the end of the well if they block it i get it for second main but like but still, it's... I spent all my mana. Like, mm-hmm. I can't just gonna attack into Shieldred, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and then late lose two life for drawing mm-hmm. the guard. Um, this one gives you the option. You don't have to use all your mana to bring it back. You just have to use two. Now, of course, you only this is a one turn window, mm-hmm. so it is better. But there's gonna be a lot of games where you're like, ah, it's just not worth it, and you let this go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but you right. can also just. I don't know, the two mana is so much smaller that like yeah. it can come back, it can block the shieldred, which Tenacious Underdog couldn't do. Um, right. It, you can just leave it on adventure for as long as you want and then bring the creature back when you want it. That That's the big thing, right? You pay mm-hmm. the two on the next turn, but you don't have to cast the thing. You exactly. can cast it whenever. And obviously Tenacious Underdog and other like graveyard threats would get wrecked by like graveyard trespassers or anything that would exile things from your graveyard. And this gives your opponent only one turn to deal with it. Maybe not even that, because if you attack with it, they block with something, trade it off, then you put it on adventure immediately and they have no time at all to try to get rid of it. So. Yeah. And obviously I'm just thinking of this in a sacrifice, some sort of dirtily sacrifice engine that Mm. just sacks this and, plays its adventure and then plays it again yeah uh, love that yeah Even also that's probably a bit too slow yeah possibly but um i do like this and this kind of like i was saying before just the design of like making it less obvious which one you're supposed to play first um is yeah great. in I general mean, they've done a pretty good job of that in this set mm-hmm. A lot of them have more expensive adventures than the mm-hmm. creature part. 
which I, I love because like you're saying, it used to be uh, play the adventure right into the creature. Um, this is a bit more, you make a choice. Playing mm -hmm. the adventure is better because it's a two for one. Yeah. Uh, so let's make you work for it a little bit. Um, I think there are very few cards that that curve in the way that the old set, the previous set did. Mm -hmm. And even then, a lot of them are not the same color. So yeah, so you really get just kind of like pushed into a specific space, or things that are just super different, or they're it's more so what's useful at which time which I think is the biggest thing that we're, I don't think we are completely missing it in the original adventure design, but the most powerful adventures weren't the ones that were situational where it's like, yeah, uh, like this creature is good early, but the spell is good late. It was always the other way around where it was like, right. you, you always want to do spell and a creature and those are all the good ones. And there's no reason to play the ones that do it the other way because they're not any good. Um, yeah these ones at least like we have a few that are like in contention for like you could play this card like it's it it has the kicker effect of play it on curve or you draw it late and you get a bigger effect that's just more like even the the murder slash two three lifelink mm -hmm. card murderous rider wasn't actually very good no just because it wasn't as efficient as the other adventures that were mm -hmm. always, this is always good on turn one or two and always good on turn three. And yeah. Yeah. Cause like, you know, bone crusher, people are just stomping your face uh, at the end step of turn two, just cause they wanted to get the two all the time in because they're going to, but play. then you would be like, um, I'm not going to play my two drop. It's just mm -hmm. going to get stomped. So it's, it's like, Oh yeah, they're stomping my face, but is that a win for me? I didn't play my two drop. Like, Mm -hmm. This is what they wanted. Exactly. At the end of at the end of my turn, I don't have a two drop in play. <laughs> yeah, and they get to play their their you know three mana threat that's really strong, and now I have to play it my something to block it. Yeah, it's just I just think we're gonna have a different experience. I'm hoping we're gonna have a different experience with adventures, and it really feels yeah. like it. So it looks super well designed this mm -hmm. time around. Yeah. I'm surprised they even have cards that are same color because I just when I saw the previews of mm -hmm. the adventure with different color adventures to the creature, I was like, that's just what they're doing, um, which is true for the most part. But there mm -hmm. are a couple same color yeah. uh, adventure and creature designs, which I still think is pretty good. Like we definitely have like a whole 10 rare slash mythic um, uh dual colored adventures and then we have a few that are that are mono but as well as one that's uh, multicolored um but yeah jeff do you have another card that you're you're excited for that fits into your food deck or maybe doesn't oh my god there's so many um so i'll quickly call out my love for candy grapple uh, this is one in the black with bargain it's minus three minus three instant uh, but if you bargained, it's minus five, minus five. Mm -hmm. uh, this reminds me of a card from Dominaria so that was very similar. I think it was yeah. minus two, minus two. Yeah. But you could sack a creature to make it minus five, minus five. So this is even better 
and it's called Candy Grapple, and it has a candy apple mm-hmm. like eating a guy's arm. <laughs> love, love it. Uh, <laughs> it. It's a candy apple with teeth that's like chomping into person. You know, of course, you know, flipping rolls because normally the human eats the candy apple. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Oh it, wow, yeah. crazy! Uh, know, so deep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just saw that, loved it. Probably gonna play it in some capacity, like uh minus three minus three for two mana is like already pretty good mm-hmm. since speed and if you're interested at all in sacrificing stuff this could become a real powerhouse for sure which i think was the problem with the previous version at minus two minus two it was just too bad mm-hmm. on the front end i think this is them acknowledging that like we this is the fixed version um where it's like Probably not quite good enough if you have no interest in sacking stuff, but quite good if you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the flavor text. That's what I was going to point out, yeah. <laughs> uh, the flavor text is like, don't you mean poisonous? There's no such thing as venomous. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. I think this card uh definitely amazing and limited, but I uh, could definitely see some standard play and I wonder how it it like playing around cut down is such a thing now uh that this card obviously is a good cheap removal spell that also can reach up and hit other things. Um like it trades positively with Shieldred, right? Mm-hmm. Like you sack you play this and sack a food token. Boom. That's by Shieldred at instant speed for two mana. Yeah. It's like, I don't have to worry about the whole. uh, It also kills like the the artifact creatures and stuff, which we've had that that problem. Yeah. It's um, it's obviously go for the throat throat does what I just said, but Mm -hmm. go for the throat is at an all time low right now. Yeah. You can't really play around this one short of having six toughness creatures. Mm -hmm. Which, like, at that point, you're like, yeah, okay, for sure. Uh, I guess I'll block and then play this. <laughs> At that point, you get messed up by go for the throne. Like, God, mm-hmm. God damn it. And then we go through that whole rigmarole. roll. Um, so the creature I want to talk about dies to uh, Candy Grapple. Um, nice. So this is a card I was interested in, but just don't know if it's going to get there. But I feel like I'm still going to try. Um so this is Sleep Cursed Fay, Fairy. Sorry, wow, I'm really not reading cards right. Sleep Cursed Fairy. Uh, it's a single blue for a fairy wizard that's a three-three with flying and ward two. Whoa! What? That's insane. Talk about pushing cards. What? Yeah. Uh, anyway, it also enters the battlefield tapped with three stun counters on it. Ooh. Wah, wah. Uh, and uh, you can also pay one and a blue to untap sleep cursed fairy so at first i was like okay here's a one mana three three it has stun counters on it but stun counters only care about the untap step i can just untap it with one in a blue and then i can attack with it no that's not what stun counters do um in fact stun counters trigger anytime it's going to become untapped instead of untapping it you would just remove a stun counter from it so essentially this card says uh one in a blue untap or one in a blue uh, take a stun counter off of it 
So you could worse. spend a lot of the beginning of your turns just or the game just trying to untap your three three flying board two. Um, luckily, the ward makes it a lot harder to get uh, you know candy grappled, and it can't be cut down. Which was the number one reason I was excited about this card. Like a one mana play that doesn't get cut down. Yes. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Um, and it's a fairy. So I was like, okay. But the fact that it just doesn't do anything for so many turns is just not, yeah. not really exciting. Um, though, though. I did see something online, which is disgusting. Here we go. Um, yeah. So you could play Sleep Cursed Fae, as well as another card from this set, which is an artifact, and it's at Mythic. It's called Agatha's Soul Cauldron, which mm -hmm. is a two-mana legendary artifact. It says... You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate abilities of creatures you control. Creatures you control with plus one plus one counters on them have all activated abilities of all creature cards exiled with Agatha's Soul Cauldron. And you can tap the cauldron to exile target creature card from a graveyard. When, <clears throat> when a creature card is exiled this way, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. All right, so already... The cauldron and our sleep cursed fairy. I want to say fae, but I really just have a hard time with that. Um, are are looking pretty good. All right, so untapping stuff traditionally is just great. So if you remember, um, I'm looking up the actual name of this card. Um, but in Kamigawa, we had a green kami that i'm just going to explain it to you so it's like three mana one one that taps for mana of like x it taps for x mana of any one color equal to its power and then whenever a plus one plus one counter would put be put on it you get two so if you have the cauldron okay. and you have the fey in your graveyard you can tap it to exile it to put a plus one plus one counter on the Kami, which gives it two plus one plus one counters. So now it taps for three mana. And because mm -hmm. it has a plus one plus one counter, it can untap itself for two. And you can use any color of mana you want to do that. So you just get infinite mana in standard. So we Pretty can cool. do stuff with that. <laughs> Love it. Now, this is not necessarily the type of deck I will be playing. However, anytime there's a three card combo that makes infinite mana in standard, I think it should be recognized and tried as much as possible. <laughs> because <laughs> Absolutely. I, yes. I'm always excited for something like that. Yeah, no, Even that's, though... that's really cool. As soon as you mentioned the soul cauldron, I was like, mm -hmm. right abuse the untap yes, yes. yes. That's, so untapping stuff is always busted it's always busted especially stupid dorks yeah. um i think sleep for cursed fairy itself i'm glad they put the reminder text on there mm -hmm. because 
there's be so much confusion with this card otherwise um and i think it's one too many if this has two stun counters mm. i'm interested at three get out of here yeah and by interested i mean like maybe maybe mm -hmm. i can make this work at three it's sort of like no, there's no hope this is it reminds me a little bit of way back when there's like a three three flying angel for two i want to say oh yes but you can but it only... can't attack on the first three turns of the game or no, block you, or something you, you, you can't, can't even cast play it, it yeah you can't cast it for the first three turns and that was this is like a modern day version of that it's mm -hmm. like just doesn't do anything for several turns and then it's like the whole point of this card is that it's it's good early <laughs> so so unless you're comboing it somehow with ways to move counters or um or the counters something. can't be placed or mm -hmm. that, that kind of stuff yeah if you're playing yeah. solemnity or, or something like that you, then yeah um, but on its own this isn't uh isn't too appealing yeah this is not like the like imagine like we're just thinking about this card on turn one like how it's almost well, kind of close God, to there imagine imagine drawing i guess in the late lane. game so okay i guess if you draw it late because the stun counters stop it from untapping like you could just activate this three times or whatever and, and get them all off I really love a seven mana three three flying ward two. Like that's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. But, uh, I mean, ultimately, it's not really seven. It's probably closer to five because you'll get one untap step. Right. So, but still, can't it's block bad. it. Uh, it's yeah, like it's, yeah, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a. Show like I, th I when I was thinking that the stun counters only cared about your untap step, um, yeah, because then it, then we're having a discussion, yeah. right? Where it's like, okay, it's uh, still, it's still not clear, right? Like, you're still mm -hmm. paying two mana to use this every turn, yeah, two mana to deal three, like that's what you're hoping, um, yeah, not really, not really great, um. So this, and there's a couple other fairy cards that make me kind of scared that that deck's, like this, the fairy spells, mm -hmm. I'm on board for. The actual fairies, I'm a little worried about. Like they're not yeah. really getting there. So there's probably like two. And that's why I'm thinking like, oh, okay, well then rogues only had two. <laughs> Maybe that's enough. <laughs> right, yeah, ro rogues dominated with just uh, two good creatures. So and uh, one shitty one yeah <laughs> we don't talk about that one yeah but here he's still robbing the winds uh, why did you even you had to i could see that turning in your head <laughs> um anyway jeff we're coming to the end of this do you have one more card you want to talk about before we wrap it up i do okay and I think this is probably just a limited card. All right. I love it. I'm on board for this. I love limited cards. So let's jump in on Night of Sweets Revenge. 
And this is a enchantment for three and a green. When ETBs create a food token, mm -hmm. I'm just so, I love cards that say that. You had me at create a food token. It says foods you control can tap to add green mana. Huh? Mm. I'm already interested. And then you can tap seven and sack it to give creatures you control plus X plus X till end of turn. X is the number of foods you control. Activate only as a sorcery. Okay. This, so one could say this is a four mana do nothing. That's not quite right mm -hmm. because artifacts can tap immediately. So it mm -hmm. immediately gives you back one mana. If you have any food at all, it'll give you back, you know, two, three mana. This could give you back the mana that was cost spent to cast it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not that unreasonable. Like, won't happen all, all the time. But it, if this ends up realistically costing you one or two, mm -hmm. I don't think that's unusual. No. Um, and then it has this essentially like kind of a you win the game type ability. Like, mm -hmm. I know you don't have trample or whatever, but it gives you a, I think in limited, this, this type of effect is often undervalued because it's like, oh, it doesn't have trample or menace. So you don't win the game. It's like, okay, but everything I have is a seven, seven. It must all be blocked. My opponent's board is wiped. It's gone. And I kill them next turn. Right. In what yeah. situation am I not winning next turn? In standard or whatever, in modern, that's a fair argument because, you know, there's Wrath of God type stuff. Like, mm -hmm. it's powerful enough to... But in limited, like, come on. That ability is winning the game. Mm -hmm. And you're almost always going to do that next turn. So, uh... Oh, this seems kind of like a limited bomb to me, especially in a food themed kind of deck. Deck. Um, yeah, I think this card seems great. It, like, and obviously for the reasons that you said, but like the biggest one is like even just playing this card and just being able to ramp out big stuff, like, it's so normal for you to turn four, play this and then play a two drop or a three drop like that's so exactly. that's going to happen so much which is the biggest yeah. thing like also this isn't a four mana do nothing it's a four mana make a food at the very least so it's right. not even do nothing um so good job get the food um but yeah the fact that you get to do this and like for whatever reason originally when i was reading this i thought it was going to say sacrifice that many foods and that's how much attack you get but you get to keep your food tokens yeah the food's still sacred i so when i read it i assumed the foods were becoming creatures somehow because mm -hmm. it's the night of the sweets Sweet. revenge. yeah that's true that that would make that's sense. not really true though the no. foods just like stick around and like they give the other people energy or something without being eaten. eaten. Yeah, <laughs> they just don't, they don't get consumed. They just yeah. they look at. It's like everyone is like fighting to get to them or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah, they're really inspiring. Understand. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
no, I think it seems it seems very good and will kind of be the way that people will win a lot of the time in those decks that that's going to be like, oh, how many did you get? Um, which I think two is probably the most you'd want once you get a little bit above that. It's kind of dicey. Um, but also just being like, no, this is also just part of my food ramp deck where it's like, yeah, this this lets me play um, all my big stuff the next turn. Um, and right. then th the worst case scenario, I have to actually crack it. Um, but it literally coming down and being like, next turn, I'm going to play a bunch of big creatures. Like, that's just great. Like, Yeah, and it goes both ways, right? Like, mm -hmm. I can ramp into big stuff, or I can take advantage of the board I've built so far. Mm -hmm. Usually it's either a ramp card or a weenie card. This one's somehow kind of both. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and who knows how many, like, obviously how many food you've made previously in the game, but also think of the creatures or like the, the apple that is a food or tough cookie, which is also a food that like, uh, right. like all those little things um, will become really important. I think it's sweet. Um, and yeah, definitely like this is another card that you open in your draft pod. You're like, do I just play this deck and first pick it and just go on the, that choice immediately? Just do the thing. Yeah. Because that's, that's, I think that, you know, the contenders for the let's do the thing is this and, and the, uh, the apple, if you want to be sacrificing people's stuff, I guess you would be stealing their smaller things, but still, um, yeah. There is a lot of incidentals, like make a token of target creature you control, make a token of target token you control kind of stuff, um, which is super weird, but uh, I'm down for. Um, yeah. This is going to be sweet. I'm, I'm happy with the set. Yeah, looking forward to it. Oh. Before I forget, before we go to the last call, I had one more thought about Ashiok that I forgot to say while we were talking about Ashiok, cool. which is Ashiok's passive ability, it feels so much like an arena ability mm. because you don't want to have to constantly just count your library. <laughs> right. Because it <laughs> specifically cares about uh <laughs> paying no more than the amount of cards in your library and in the regular game you're just like one two three four five six and keeping yeah. them in order and all that Can stuff I pay this? yeah um yeah. And, and you just get to hover over it another reason why arena is uh so nice so great yeah <laughs> join us i think they're banking on nobody playing it in paper <laughs> basically yeah or whoever does thinks that that's going to be fun i guess i don't know yeah <laughs> whatever Anyway, Jeff, uh, let's go to last call. We have some beers to rate this evening. Yes. Um, we definitely do. Uh, as always, our beers are rated on a scale from Bronze to Mythic, just like the tiers in Arena. However, this has nothing to do with what tier you are in currently because everyone is in different tiers at different times. So don't feel bad when we say that Bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. We hate them. 
you can't even finish them. You can't drink them. Uh, they're like the IPA made this summer where I just had to pour them down the drain. And I have no idea why they're so bad, but they are. <laughs> Silver are bad beers or sort of uninteresting beers. So mm -hmm. a lot of your like macro brews would find their way into this category or beers that just aren't good. Yeah. Uh, gold beers are fine, but you won't really think about them again. And you just, they're just there. They're in your, your liquor store. Yeah. Platinum is totally solid. You would drink this again. Yeah. yeah. Diamond beers are exceptional. You drink these often and, uh, you bring them to your friends' houses. <laughs> and mythic, these are the best of the best. You will, you know, sing the praises of these beers. Mm -hmm. All right, Jeff, um, I have a can of a beer that I'm going to pick this evening in my hand and I'm ready okay. for this. Let's do it. All right, here you go. Three, two, one. Lo siento. Lo siento. Wow, that was not surprising at all. This Mexican lager was uh, was tasty, was also different than I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. It. Mm -hmm. uh, it felt like an amber to me. I think I was a mm -hmm. bit worried whenever you see the word lager, you're like, mm -hmm. it tends to invalidate a lot of the things before it, where it's just like all the stuff that comes before lager is now like moot because it says lager. Except for black lager. That's the only time where I know yeah, for sure yeah. we're fine. Because when you look at it, you're like, yes, it's, it's dark. Um, but uh, this was not the case. This one did still taste like an amber, I would mm -hmm. say. Um, it tastes good. Yeah, I think it was really nice, um, but like not in the same that I like the same way I'm used to like amber ales. Um, I don't know what contributed to that, but um, I don't know specifically what makes it Mexican because all of these hops look very like European to me. But yeah, delicious nonetheless. German or something. Yeah, very German, um, but delicious and. Uh, I am not sorry that I drank it. I'm very happy I did. Yeah. I think for me, it's still platinum. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going crazy here, but uh, I, I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. And I would pick up more for sure. Like this is yeah. a solid beer. Very good. Um, exactly. That cannot, that's not the case for, for the other beer we had this evening. Um, the maple butter tart. Uh will continue to <clears throat> be in the long list of maple beers that are bad. Um, yeah. Jeff, how much do you have left? I did finish it. Wow. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I was saving a little bit, not that I was really saving it, but yeah. Uh, rel relishing it. Um, so I can't give it bronze. I will therefore give it silver. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was debating this the whole episode. Um, I'm going to give it bronze, but nice. that's because if we weren't doing this episode, like I could finish this, but after the first sip, I really didn't want to. Like if I was, if I had that beer and we weren't doing the podcast, I would just go up and get another beer. I would tell my waiter, I, I'm sorry. I actually really don't like this. Like I need something else. Like it was that 
It was definitely. So I actually thought about that because I anticipated this might be bronze, and I was going to go just grab a different beer and bring it with me. And I mm-hmm. didn't do that. I think if I'd done that, I would have, you know, just opened the next one. Yeah. <laughs> it's after a couple of sips. Yeah, like... because it, it definitely it has that maple taste that's artificially mapley. It's very Mrs. Yeah. Butterworth's, and yeah. Um. Other maple beers have had that. I don't know if it's because they use a flavoring that is trying to get that or actual maple just being fermented. That's just what happens. Um, But it also reminds me of some meads that I've had because mead has the same type of honey type of waxy, weird taste to it that I don't like. And I just, I don't like it. Um, Yeah, it's not for me, I suppose. Um, I'm going far enough to say that I don't think it's really for anyone and <laughs> it's not maybe we should just let me die like, just let it die it's a thing of the past we we know how to make better alcoholic beverages mm-hmm. now <laughs> I've never I've never had a mead that I liked and the I'm I'm positive the only reason there's so many TikToks that have like mead brewing things is because it's technically so much simpler than making other stuff because you just have honey and yeast and right. uh, and like you just don't have to do other steps <laughs> so this honey has so much sugar in it yeah it's like somebody already just got the sugar for you the bees um, did all the fucking work yeah exactly <laughs> and you're just fermenting it um anyway yeah, this this was bad. It was a bad beer. This is the worst beer we've had on the show, I it's would say. 100% the worst beer. And that's really why I want to give a bronze to. Like, I could stomach yeah. the rest of this, technically, but I really don't want to. And remembering other, like, the, the other maple beer I can think of is one that we haven't done on the show that isn't made anymore, I don't think. Thank God. Um, but I remember bringing one, and I picked up, uh, my partner from their job and we were walking home and I cracked it and I had a couple sips. I'm like, I, I don't like this so much so that I don't want to hold it in my hand anymore. And I just put it on a, like a trash can and I just like walked away. I was like, yeah. I don't, I don't want this at all. Please. Like that's as soon the as epitome possible. of a brown spirit. It was, I can't even just, it was awful. So this immediately gave me the same smell and taste to that. And it's 100% the maple. Uh, so, yep, maple and beer don't go together. Yeah. 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 Though, well, we did it. We got a bronze beer on the show. Got a bronze beer. Though, now you can stop your search. You have found it. <laughs> <laughs> you know that I'm going to keep getting the worst. Yeah, I know. Just to see if there's. The yeah. Anyway, um, if you want to send us your worst beer recommendations, you can always find us at Arena Regulars on X and Instagram. I love that you have to say that. That's uh, so stupid. You might also find us on MTG Arena itself under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. If you want to talk to me personally, you can find me on the Discord because that's a great place to find me. <laughs> And I don't want to say X again is pretty what that is. <laughs> Jeff, are you also? Uh, me too. You, I'm yeah. also on the Discord. <laughs> You're on the Discord? That's great. Hey, look at that. Both of us are on Discord. 
you should just find us in the discord and 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 chat um and the link for our discord channel should be in the show notes it is uh also please leave us a review on apple Podcasts. follow us on spotify leave us a review there go to our youtube channel watch this video um we just appreciate all the, the feedback but honestly go to our discord and join our community yeah this has been the arena regulars reminding you that maple beers are terrible unlike the mechanics from the upcoming Wildsville drain set from Wizards of the Coast. Good night. All right, that's fine.